And now, after saying that his ardent desire is to preach the gospel, he starts to talk about the gospel. Gospel comes from two English words, good news, God, or spell. In fact, there was a, a musical some years ago called Godspell. Uh, it was pretty funny. It wasn't um, too devout, but it was um, the, the apostles all get drunk at the Last Supper. I always wanted to write my memoirs, or you know, uh, it was uh, a musical. I forgot the name of it, but anyway, uh, I want to go now. You see, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So, what is the gospel? Are you trying to be faithful to the gospel? Well, what is it? How do you talk about it? What do you say? You see, we're going to say in the very next line, it is the power of God. The gospel? The book? No. The reality. The good news. Suppose you like the... Oh, let's pick a neutral team. I don't know what that would be. Um, Oh, your local high school. When you... You know, you still follow their football team. So, somebody says, your high school won last night. That's good news. If they won. The good news is the reality, not the words. So, when he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he means the reality of God becoming incarnate in our midst, loving us, teaching us, dying in an act of love, and bringing us all to heaven who want to come. That's the good news. And that good news is power, which is the next word that he uses here. You see? Uh, And so, I am not ashamed of the good news, meaning the reality. The reality is mediated in good news. But can you see, suppose we go back to that little example of your high school team winning. It has an effect on you when somebody says, you know, St. Gwendolyn's High won last night. Makes you feel good. It has its own power. Not the words, the reality. Your old alma mater won last night. And that affects you. Well now, God became incarnate. Died in an act of love so that we could be with him for all eternity. That's good news. But the good news isn't in the words, it's in the reality. And therefore, the whole life of prayer, the whole life of the sacraments, the whole life of community in the churches for what? To ground and get a hold of and let that good news take over our lives. Let that reality take over our lives. That's what he means when he says, you see, the good news, the reality, is the power of God to salvation. You understand. This good news, this reality, you see, is really good news. Now, the word evangelion in um, Greek comes from ev, or good, and angelion, good message. The word in, in Hebrew is bas, basar, and the fellow who brings the basar is the mebaser. And again, a beautiful on the mountains is the one preaching the good news, right? What does he say? Adonai Malach, our Lord, our God reigns. Our God is king. The people are coming back from exile because our God has seen to it. 
That's the good news. So you know how important it is that we meditate and, and grasp this thing. You see, it affects you. Suppose tonight you're praying and all of a sudden the true reality of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done comes into your spirit and you understand and experience it. That's power. It's the reality mediated by the words that is power to change you. This has happened, hasn't it? Look at Paul himself. He was on the way to Damascus to arrest all the Jews who, were, who believe in Christ and bring them back and put them in jail and punish them. And Jesus came to him. That's good news. And it changed his whole life. So, it's not just the words. You could recite the whole four Gospels and not know what you're talking about. Or you could have one beautiful deep awareness of Jesus and be a saint. It's going to be a word. See, it's the power of God to salvation. Jews first, then Greeks. Okay? First, see, it's the power for God everyone who believes, both to Jew first and also to Greek. Now, that is the plan of the first part of the gospel. See, he's going to talk about the gospel. The power of God, part of the gospel. See, that's the second part of the letter. First part, first four verses are about belief. First, the example of Abraham, justified by faith. And then we're all his children because we imitate his faith. And then uh, chapter 3, which has a sort of the consequences of all of this. Chapter 4 is the example of Abraham. And then, chapter 5. And that begins to develop the positive side of the good news. And so that's 5, as we're going to see, 5 is freedom from death. 6 is freedom from sin. 7 is freedom from the law. And finally, in 8, we get to the gospel. The gospel. The reality. And that whole chapter is on the Holy Spirit. The whole chapter. 39 verses, if I remember correctly. That's the good news. That's the power of the reality at work in you by the work of the Holy Spirit. That's where we're going. But we're at the beginning. So, see, I am. it is the power of God to salvation. That's the second part of, the, of this section of the letter. For everyone who believes, that's the first part, faith. And then, both to Jew first and also to Greek. Uh, and so, that is this notion of, it's very important to try to get this, you see? Because if you're in high school and you memorize all the right answers to oh, whatever you're studying, geography, English, you get A and you don't know a darn thing. It's all in your head, blah, 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 blah. You've never taken it into yourself. It can happen, right? And a month later, you'd flunk that same exam. Paul isn't saying that's the way you can learn the gospel, is he? 
In the letter to the Thessalonians, for instance, he starts to talk, you see. And he says, you know, that, that this is at work in you. Uh, you know, the, the word of God is at work in you. Uh, I'm going to try to find it quickly um, so that you can, um, if I can find it quickly. It's Hebrews. Timothy. Thessalonians, there it is now. You see? Um, you know, my brothers, our entrance among you uh, was not in vain, but having been suffered ahead of time and been insulted, as you know, in Philippi, and then took strength to come and speak the word to you, you see, and the uh, and our paraklesis, our encouraging words, you see, were not out of some sort of tricky, we're looking for money or anything. It was, you see, as you know, we were proven solid by God to whom, by whom we have been entrusted with the Evangelion again, by the good news, you see. As you see, thus we speak and thus, uh, and then he says, you see, uh, that this good news is at work in you. The good news, meaning the reality, the act of love in which the Son of God died is beginning to dwell in you. Jesus, I live now, not I, Christ lives in me. And that's the good news, you see, to know the power of Jesus Christ, to free you from sin, to enlighten you, to bring you into an intimacy with himself. Do you know how much he wants that? To be intimate with you? To talk to you? To have you get that rock bottom, no matter whether you're in darkness or light, the rock bottom knowledge that the Son of God, the eternal God himself, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit love you with an affection. They want nothing better than to help you, you know, instruct you, guide you, strengthen you, and bring you to heaven. All in the power of the act of love in which Jesus died. That's why Paul says, you see, it's the power of God. Uh, Power does something. If you ever studied um, physics, right? Um, power means change. Power is that which can change. Whatever. Heat changes water. That's power. You know, that kind of stuff. Well, the gospel changes the whole person because ultimately the gospel is Jesus Christ dwelling in you. And so that's why he starts off as he does, you see. Uh, I'm not ashamed of this reality which reaches you as good news. It is the power of God. Now that is very powerful, right? Uh, and uh, unto salvation. For everyone who believes, how do I get access to this? Yield to the truth. Yield to the truth. We, you know, those of us, most everybody listening to this is a believer of some type or other. Yield to that reality. Pay attention to it. And for the love of God, pray. This power of God, this good news, which encourages, enlightens, strengthens, guides you, because it's the death and resurrection of Jesus and the Lord himself. Huh? When we get to chapter 6, Paul is going to say, 
we who were baptized are baptized into his death. We're joined, we're co-planted with him. Like we're part of the same plant. We have the same life. The Lord draws that life from the Father and then we're planted there and we draw it from him. You see? And that's what he's saying. That's good news. You see? Jew first, Greek. And then, for the justice of God is revealed in it. From faith to faith, as it is written, you see, the one who is just by faith shall live. The justice of God means his fidelity to his promises. That's the justice of God. He promised, and he will be faithful to his promise. You've heard me a hundred times on that. This is just the Greek word, tikiosini, for sedek. We've done that work before him. Honoring the truth of every relationship. God is our creator. He honors that truth. But more than that, he sent his son to die for us. And more than that, he has promised us salvation. And how do I know that? Because the Holy Spirit dwells in me. How do I know the Holy Spirit dwells in me? Mark the Hermit says, I know, like a woman knows she's pregnant. I can feel the life. You see? And that is the the justice of God, his fidelity. And the fidelity of God to all that he's ever promised since Abraham is revealed in these realities being mediated to you by the preaching of the gospel. As it is written, the one who is just by faith shall live. And that's a quote, as you know, from the, the prophet Habakkuk, you know. That, that faith, and there will be working on that when we get there. Justification by faith. That's the whole message. Which means what? Accept it. The Lord said, here is salvation. You say, thank you. That's faith. As we will see as we move on now.